Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Bricks and Mortar. Today I'm joined by not one but three people for a look at mentoring and the value it can bring to a person's career. They are Vanessa Hale, Head of Insights and Residential Research at BMP Paribas and Chair of ULI UK. Johans Harper, Associate Partner at Quadrant Estates and Mo O'Connell, Quantity Surveyor at Gardner and Theobald. Both Johans and Mo are ULI Young Leaders and all three are involved in the ULI Mentorship Programme, which is a year-long scheme open to its young leaders and pairs small groups of mentees with a senior level executive mentor in the real estate industry. Johans, Vanessa, Mo, thanks very much indeed for joining me today and giving up your time. Vanessa, perhaps I can start with you. Tell me a little bit about why mentorship schemes are important. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having us all on. I have to say, I think the mentorship program and and mentoring in general is is a great way to, I suppose, get diversity of thought and building your professional network. But also, I think it's a great touch point for individuals, especially, I suppose, if they are considering career paths or changing of career direction and being able to have an external kind of neutral individual who can provide guidance or challenge. I think sometimes there is a thought that the the grass is greener on the other side <laughs> and, and the ability to be able to have a conversation with a mentor who you respect and who may have gone through either a similar challenge or a similar career change is always useful to have that insider knowledge before you, you, you make those types of decisions for your career. And I think ultimately as well, the beauty of mentoring is it provides that touch point of something slightly different that you could be a little bit more open perhaps than if you're in a a mentoring program within like your employer group. I think uh, an external mentoring program is is a really beneficial and useful tool for individuals. Tell me a little bit then about the scheme that the ULI operates. I'm feeling as though I should have Mo and Johan to do more of this than me. (laughs) We started the the mentorship program back in 2013 um, as a as a trial for ULI for the UK, and that was really to kind of set up the function of it and to understand how it might work and logistics around it and pairing and and all the sort of you know operational discussions, and and over time it's become much more of a advanced program than what it probably started with back in the day. So I think Mo, Yo, I think Hansi, one of you guys should should probably go into more detail as to the program today. Um, I'm always better with the numbers, so I'll leave it with her. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having us. As Vanessa was saying, it's a group mentoring program as opposed to one one mentoring. It varies each year. Usually there's 30 to 40 mentors who are then allocated to groups of three to four mentees. So over the last couple of years, we've had between 120 to 150 mentees on the program so it's quite a large program because I think when it first started out Vanessa there was maybe five wasn't it and it was a uh, one-to-one approach so it's very different now it, it just means that we can facilitate more mentees on the program and it enables the mentees to meet other people within the real estate industry and just in terms then of how it's evolved over the years, um, you obviously mentioned it's grown substantially over that time. Has the emphasis shifted in terms of what you're able to deliver each year? 
I think from my standpoint, so I, I started as a mentee um, and I'm now a mentor, but I think we didn't have the vision that it would be what it is today. I think there was this thought process that it was a nice to have um, and not perhaps fully appreciating the the bandwidth and what you could achieve with the mentoring scheme. And I think that by making it go into to groups, um, there's a lot of benefit to that, um, not only being able to kind of have those peers and, and being able to have that network then of that senior individual, being able to understand what, you know, professionals within your age cohort are perhaps going through, even if it's in a slightly different discipline within the real estate sector is really useful. Um, and I think, and I'm saying that I know I appreciated that when I was a mentee and trying to kind of learn the, the UK property industry. But I think maybe, Johansi, what, I don't, you, Mo, what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as the program has evolved, we've been able to be more specific in terms of the needs of the mentees as they come into the group. So when you sign up, there's an application form that details what you're looking for in the program in terms of the mentees that are in your group and what you want to get out from your mentor. So that could be things added from professional growth to industry knowledge and networking to whatnot to say that you want to network people who have a homogenous background to you, who have a diverse background to you. So throughout the process, we've just been able to get that down to a T. So now that when you are in your group, you have a very specific group that really goes towards your needs. Vanessa, you, you touch on the fact that you were a mentee a number of years ago. Tell me a little bit about your experience of being a mentee on the scheme. What did you get out of it? Well, I have to say I'm still in contact with my first ever mentor that I had on the program. Um, and I look to him as a, as a great professional colleague, but also someone I still go to for conversations and, and professional discussions uh, for me and, and my career. So I think it's that relationship building is super important. I'm still friends with the people that I was on my group session with. You know, you build a different type of, I think, relationship with the peers that you are put together with. And I think for me, I got so much out of it that it really helped me, I guess, coalesce what it was that I wanted to be able to give back. So when I kind of got to a point where I suppose I had transitioned into what we call ULI Next, which is the, for those that are over the age of 35, it was a very natural kind of thing for me to go, well, I would love to be able to give back and help those that are coming into the, the profession behind me. And I've, I've just always kept that in. Bizarrely, I would say as a mentor, I think I've probably also learned from the mentees just as much as I learned as a mentee. So I think there's a, a nice kind of symbiotic relationship that occurs that you don't perhaps completely recognize may happen. But for the most part, I think I've successfully managed to do. Those the benefits that, that you feel you derive from the scheme, does that generally echo the feedback that you get from participants in the scheme each year? I think that's for those guys to, to answer <laughs> probably more than me. I know I, I get personal feedback from my mentees, um, I've kept in contact with all of them, even though the, the program is a year long, like designated program. I still have relationships with every mentee mm -hmm. that I that I have worked with. And like I said, I'm still in touch with my mentors. Mm -hmm. So but I'm sure the team have more details on feedback. On a macro level, the feedback is generally that you get a mentor that's wider than your network. And so normally you, you in a natural environment, you'd have your mentor be somebody, you know, a friend of a friend, a family member, a colleague and whatnot. Whereas here, because we have the power and the reach of the ULI, 
were able to reach out and you're able to get a, a very high powered mentor who typically you wouldn't have access to and who becomes almost a casual friend. So I have like the, the, the personal numbers and email accounts and they, they just kind of casually drop me emails. And then that's something that would never naturally happen without something, a program like that. And you get that through the feedback. But Mo, I'm sure there's other um, more specific feedback as well. Would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, just touching on that, I think people are actually attracted to join the ULI because of the mentorship program, which is, is then brilliant because you meet other mentees, you meet your mentor year after year, um, and it's a different mentor each year. But then you also are able to attend so many of the ULI events that are available. And I know that I personally joined the ULI and heard of the ULI because of the mentorship program. Um, so it does have some really positive feedback. And, and that's why, as we were saying earlier, it, it has become a lot more formulated in terms of the groupings and things like that, because we want people to still get all of the benefits that they should be getting out of a program like this. So there's a lot of science behind um, the groupings that we do. It's not essentially 100 people sign up and then they just get allocated to someone. There's options of, you know, you can choose what sector you select, what sector you're in and then who you would like to be placed with. So, for example, if you work in asset management, do you want to be with other people who have a similar role to you or would you rather have a diverse group? So would you want to be with an architect or um, someone that works in government? for example. Um, and then there's the option to select what sector or what kind of um, area your mentor is based in. And then we, tr we try as much as we can to ensure that a group are getting the right mix that they want, but also the right mentor and experience that mm -hmm. they can then offer to them. Just out of curiosity, I mean, is, is the demand really for people to have a wider group, so with different influences and different professions beyond your pathway, or are people keen to speak to people perhaps beyond their firm in a similar um, in a similar area? I think generally it depends on the um, on the sector that they're coming from. Some of the consultants who might be more siloed and have a very uh, narrow exposure, they'll normally want the diverse groups, but then you have some people who are maybe coming from the client side who have a wide exposure to all the consultants, can see the whole project level, but they don't actually have exposure to other clients like themselves. Mm -hmm. They'll then go for a very a, a very specific, I only want private equity who does debt type deal, because mm -hmm. they don't see those other people. So it's, it allows them to open up, their, broaden their network in a different way. Yeah, okay. Vanessa, you, you touched on being a mentor now and and really that that you often find you get as much out of that side of the relationship as, as being a mentee as a mentor what what do you typically get out of it I think for the mentor it's the giving back bit that I think you probably can't define but it is you know for me I can give examples of having conversations with some of my mentees around public speaking and the challenges that they face and then actually thinking about it and going, actually, I've never considered that. Or I've definitely had exposure to new pieces of technology and pl platforms or, or new things that are coming up in projects. Understanding in particular, I suppose, probably this last year because of being in a virtual environment, it was a very different setting. And so actually just learning and how to use, you know, the likes of Zoom and Teams and the functionalities and how you present um, I learned probably just as much from my mentees as my mentees learned from me um, in going through that whole process, which was really probably an added benefit, something you don't think about. And I think 
in some ways as well, I suppose, for for the likes of the senior mentors who maybe don't have that day-to-day interaction with younger professionals in their organizations, it can give a real insight into mm-hmm. what the challenges they may be facing um, and and trying to then being able to at least have that in their mindsets for their own organizations, which I think is a really, you know, useful tool. And I would definitely mm-hmm. say this past year, you know, without doubt, showing, you know, team members or, or mentees who are working off of ironing boards in a spare, you know, not even a spare room, but in mm-hmm. their bedrooms and, and and actually, you know, realizing, you know, you have probably likelihood is you have staff that are doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, facilitate, you know, better ways of working from home, <laughs> which has been really interesting. So typically then, when when do you find people coming to you? At what point in someone's career would they most benefit from a, a formal mentoring scheme? So from my standpoint, I think that as you know, as soon as you probably have a few years under your belt, you're in a good position to be starting mentoring, and and you probably should be having lifelong mentoring relationships. Um, I I think personally, um, I'm sure that the that Mo probably has the numbers as to the kind of average age of the young leaders. But young leaders from a ULI standpoint is, is really anybody that's kind of um, finished university or undergraduate programs and is up to the age of 35. So for us to be a mentee on the program, you have to be in that kind of age bracket. But I'm I'm going to yeah. guess that we probably have more specific numbers on, on the general age. I, d- I do have a few numbers. So in terms of what we do on the applications is people can select how much industry experience they have because even if someone is 32 and kind of towards the 35 limit where they would join ULI next we appreciate they may have moved over from doing something else so about 40 percent of people who sign up to the program are in the first five years three to five years of industry experience and then the next kind of larger percentage is the following on from that is about 35% uh, between six to 10 years. And then we find that people with 10 plus years, there's a little bit less. Um, there's under 10% of that. And then it's the same. There's, it's not as popular for people who are in their first one to two years. And I think from feedback, that's usually because, especially within real estate, there are a lot of people in those first years who are, you know, they're on a graduate program, for example, and they're getting a structure and they're getting some kind of mentorship that way or they're working towards a professional qualification mm-hmm. so often I find and I, this is definitely the case for me it was once I became qualified I then needed to find something else some kind of other network to be connecting with. Yeah and in terms of getting the most then out of a, a formal mentoring program how should someone approach it um, if, if they have a place or an opportunity of a mentoring relationship, how can they come to it so that they get the most out of it? I mean, I, th- I think, um, and you have to say, obviously, you're add to this because we both have experience as being mentees on a programme. Um, I think you need to go into the relationship with understanding what your ultimate goal is and why you want to be mentored. So is it something like, you want to change disciplines or you want to move jobs and understanding I want from a mentor to understand how to do x y and z better then I think you have to also set out your expectations for the program so and I'm not talking about just the ULI program I mean any relationship how often 
are you hoping to engage with your mentor? Um, is it going to be every quarter? Are you expecting it to be every month, which is you know, quite fr- frequent and quite demanding? And just understanding availability and things like that and just having an idea of what you want so that then when you're engaging with a mentor, they can understand your expectations and then they can come back to you and that you know how they would like the relationship to progress. And in terms then of someone listening today who's thinking that mentoring um, might be something for them, how would you suggest they go about accessing the mentoring, either formally or informally? Well, formally, they always have the platform of the ULI to come so they can always join and um, and sign up for the mentorship scheme. Informally, it's about I always found it's about finding somebody who, whose role or whose ability in meetings or something that you um, that you want to be like in the future, and then ask just having a casual conversation. Normally it's a chat or a coffee or something like that, and it naturally then builds up into a conversation. Most mentors, for the same reason that Vanessa mentioned, like to be mentors because it gives them a feeling of giving back, and typically they've been mentored at some point as well. So once you have that initial connection and they see that they have something that they can offer you, it's typically quite natural and it it flows quite easily from there. For anyone who's listening to this, whose interest has been piqued in the ULI scheme, do you want to just tell us a little bit about how it's operating this year? I know it's slightly different to previous years. Yep. So uh, this year we're having it in two cohorts instead of one. But Mo, I'll let you give some more detail. This year we're kind of going into it understanding that the first kind of few meetings are most likely going to be virtual and we understand that some people may not want that and they may prefer an in-person relationship so we've split the year group it usually runs for 12 month period so this year applications are open at the moment and they close at the end of March then the groupings will be from April through to April next year If they prefer to wait, which there is an option, you can still sign up to the application form and say that you're waiting until the summer cohort and then we can contact them then, um, which will be between July and August um, with a formal start in August, again for 12 months. So there's essentially two opportunities to get involved and they can just do that by going onto the ULI website or going onto, if you search for the ULI UK on LinkedIn, Um, And there should be a link there because we're posting quite a lot about it at the moment whilst the applications are open. Vanessa, perhaps just then a final word from you, just in terms of anyone thinking about joining a mentorship um, scheme today or perhaps feeling that a bit of guidance and support in their career would be useful. What would you say to them? I mean, I think. You know, really, I think this last year has been extraordinarily probably challenging for everybody on the professional front. And if you are looking to have uh, build a relationship with someone who is perhaps more senior in the industry and getting guidance and um, and building a relationship with some peers that ultimately you know if, if you're struggling with something or you're you're considering a career change or or really you know exploring what other opportunities might be out there I mean you could be faced with I'm gonna you know I'm making it sound like it, it could be a negative thing you could be faced with two job opportunities and trying to make decisions as to which direction you might go I think that the mentoring programs whether it's looking at it from a professional you know really facilitated one or or as as Johanse said you know we're doing an informal they are without question i think one of the best things that professions in our industry um we are a people people industry for lots of reasons and i think the ability to be able to um 
participate in those and look for those opportunities. They're they're out there. You just need to embrace them. Perfect. That's a very positive note to end on. Vanessa, Mo, Johans, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great speaking to you. Thank, thank you. you, Sarah. Thank you. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.